What's good, everyone? This is Jared here with Two Brothers and a Mic. It is the world premiere of the Two Brothers and a Mic podcast. Brother one of two, Jared here with you. And to my left, your boy, Nathan. Otherwise known as Brother Two. Brother number two. Of two? Of two. We are here introducing our brand new podcast um, to all of y'all. In tonight's episode, we're going to do a couple things. We are going to introduce our podcast, what it's going to be talking about. We are also going to tell who our favorite teams are so you guys can check in on social media and listen to this podcast as we'll have episodes about some of our other favorite teams. And we will also get into some Purdue basketball tonight. Please follow us on our social media pages. We're going to be utilizing those as well, not only for content for the podcast, but we're also going to talk about our other favorite teams on our um, social media sites. So make sure you check out on Twitter. It is at two brothers and one. And then also on Facebook, you can search two brothers and a mic. So check us out on Facebook and Twitter. And hopefully down the road, we'd like to get some interaction. We would love to uh, build interaction with y'all. And you can go to Anchor. Um, Anchors are hosts for our podcast, anchor.fm slash two brothers and a mic. And you can record audio. We'd like to have some uh, some fun um, interactions with y'all as well as we continue to grow this thing and do this. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and get this started. So Nate. Yes, sir. Why don't you tell everyone who your favorite teams are? Who are you passionate about? Who are you going to follow? Who are you going to let everyone know about? So obviously, number one is my Purdue Boilermakers. Football, basketball, those are the big ones. But I also have a huge passion for Indy 11 soccer in the USL, which is like the second division of soccer. And I follow FCC, the Cincinnati MLS team. But, I mean, my club is Indy. I mean, it's just, it's just how it is. Can you imagine if Indy 11 and FC Cincinnati were in the same same league and you and I would be rivals in that case? We would, uh, but it's just it's never going to happen, unfortunately. <laughs> we never know. Um, Indy could make the MLS jumps potential, yeah. but we'll see. It's a little, a little pricey for our owner, but that's a whole, that's whole, a whole separate, that's a, that's a whole separate episode. <laughs> But those are really the big ones. Um, as far as football, professionally, I kind of just follow teams and players. I don't. I'm not a huge uh, follower of one team. And as far as basketball, it's kind of similar in professional basketball. I'm kind of a follower of the Pacers. I know you are you're the Pistons guy, but I don't know what the Pacers. I just like the the way they play. It's just kind of uh, how it is, I guess. Yeah, and Nathan's also going to be our expert in recruiting when it comes to Purdue sports. He is a lot into. He knows a lot more about that than I do. Expert used very loosely there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just say you have a lot more knowledge and you're in the know when it comes to the recruiting as well. So we'll be talking about that um, as well as the as the episodes progress. You know, I've totally forgot one more tease about this. What this episode is going to entail. I got home from work today, and you come up to me and you're like, Jerry, have you heard the news about Purdue sports?" I don't know what it is. And he's like, I'm breaking it to you on the podcast tonight. So this first episode, there's going to be breaking news about Purdue sports that I guess I don't even know what's happening that we're going to find out, and I'm going to find out too. Yeah, so pretty pretty big news dropped literally hours ago for Purdue football about our defensive coordinator being let go by the team, which 
in I'm curious to see what you think about that. I could honestly say I could, I could kind of see this coming from earlier in the year. I could kind of see it coming, but it is kind of shocking. Kind of, kind of came out of nowhere. But I'm curious to see what you. you so think. talking about Purdue football, I'm going to get to my favorite teams here in just a second. But since you just brought that up, I did not hear anything about our defensive coordinator being potentially you know let go. Do you? I do remember at least I've had people earlier in the year heard rumors of maybe Coach Brom and Coach Holt, Holt's our defense coordinator at Purdue, might have had some disagreements, maybe some conflict maybe in the office. So and there was a time in the beginning of the year where Ben Holt, or, or uh, not Ben Holt, I'm sorry, Coach Holt, Ben Holt's the linebacker, uh, Coach Holt was up in the press box. He wasn't even on the field. And we're all like, you know, where's Coach Holt? Like he's full of energy. If you ever watch a Purdue football game, he is going – town he's going hard on the sideline and all the fans were like free hold like we want to see him down here and that's the thing like the fans we all i mean for the most part the fans liked holt there was nothing holt was doing wrong on the defense like at least in the first year he re- completely revitalized the defense we were terrible yeah. we were terrible defense couldn't stop the run with anything i mean like, nothing i mean and then he just kind of turned it around all of a sudden we're stopping the ball like it was just kind of crazy so now this news it's kind of insane to me that this happened at this point and like i said these are just rumors as i this is when it comes to maybe some friction between coach brom and coach holt i think this kind of confirms those rumors but i will say this i actually thought about this when i saw a recent picture they were on a recruiting trail all of them were in the house coach brom coach holt like with the player so then I kind of did think, well, maybe everything's fine, but now is this an official? Like, oh yeah, this is officially dropped. Uh, uh, it's gone. Rails. Yeah, Hammer oh, he, Rails already announced. Oh, it. yeah, this is breaking. Breaking so this news. This is breaking news. Like, it wasn't just room. Like he's gone. He's gone. They have <laughs> now. I don't. Th- I don't think he got fired. They s- separated mutually. So like. Yeah, this that, pretty that much makes it kind of yeah makes you everything that we just talked about. And yeah, it sounds like they had some disagreement on something. I like Coach Holt. I love his passion. That oh, even. I he'll hope have this. A job. He'll have a job next year. Well, and I mean, I, I'm curious now where we're going to go on the defensive side, and how we're going to be able to keep up with recruiting on the defensive side. Already, already names are getting thrown out there, like Charlie Strong. Um, the oh wow! Head coach. Yeah, text like big, former. big, pretty big name, former head coach. And then there's like in, like people from the inner, like already on the coaching staff that maybe get promoted, which would make some sense too. But yeah, it's kind of just kind of crazy news. Wow. I guess the first thing is first, if you can make it work, you got to make it work in the family, right? But hopefully, Coach Brom can bring in a defensive corner that we're all, you know, everyone's on the same page and your you know, unity to go. Um, because dude, Purdue football has got a bright future, man. I mean, we were talking about Purdue basketball tonight. We're getting to this Purdue football. But Purdue <laughs> football has got a bright future. Talk about this past season. Yeah, it was hard. So many injuries, but. You also have all these freshmen. I knew David Bell is a stud. Okay, I mean, dude, our defensive end, George, he's a stud. Karlofkis. I mean, mean, dude, we got studs all around the field. Both of them made All American, freshman All American. Yep. So, Purdue football is bright. Purdue football is bright. I'm on board the Coach Brom train. He's bringing some huge recruiting classes. Purdue we've never seen before, but hopefully, defensively, you know, we can continue getting those good players and bring a top defense back to. West Lafayette because dude Purdue they're good enough to make noise wow but, so breaking news yeah breaking news literally hours ago 
but yeah, back to back to the topic that we were going with <laughs> at the beginning of this, Jared. Uh, your your favorite, my favorite teams. Well, as as you have said, you used the word "my Purdue Boilermakers." <laughs> so, um, you and I are going to be on the same front of this. So, we're going to be passionate fans. We're both big Purdue fans. So, when it comes to basketball and football, collegiate level, dude, it's all Boilers, baby. So, absolutely, those are my favorite teams when it comes to collegiate sports. NFL, I'm a weird one. I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, and I'm proud to say it. <laughs> Not too many people are. And but. not too many people are, um, and it's been another very rough year. But Jacksonville Jaguars are my favorite um, NFL team. When it comes to the NBA, I'm a Detroit Pistons fan. As you are going to see by all my teams, they're spread they're all over the country. Uh, so NBA, I'm a Detroit Pistons fan. When it comes to soccer, you know, we're both big United States men's national team fans. So, man, we got World Cup coming up here not too long. World Cup qualifying is going to be happening next year. And so you best believe we're going to have some episodes about that. A lot of talk about you and I have some disagreements Fire a little bit on some <laughs> on when it comes to um, the U.S. men's national team. But we'll get into that on a different episode. Yeah, MLS, FC Cincinnati. So we'll definitely be getting into that. Excited about the new year for them. New stadium in a couple years. There's a lot to talk about there, too. So, yep, FC Cincinnati and MLS. Baseball, I'm a Chicago White Sox fan. Southside Chicago. Again, one of the minorities. I feel like when it comes to Chicago, even popular baseball teams, it's always Cubs. Always the North Side. But, hey, in my lifetime, we've won a World Series, but so has the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> you can't brag about that anymore. <laughs> so, yep, so those are my favorite teams. And like I said, you will see and hear from us um, on social media. And we'll, we'll do occasional episodes on our podcast talking about these things. But the majority of our podcast is going to be Purdue. When we upload our podcast, there'll be a description on the website where you can see the different segments and what we're going to talk about. So again, check us out in all the social media outlets because we'll be posting there, we'll making videos. We also, down the road, I want to do some interaction with y'all as well. This is a big family event. Come to the table and chop it up and discuss questions, your opinions. So you can do that on the Facebook page, Two Brothers and a Mic, Twitter, at two brothers and one. The website for Anchor is anchor.fm backslash two brothers and a mic. And you not only can listen to our podcast there, you can also do voice messaging and we can listen to those and play those on our podcast. So many different avenues of checking our material out at the Anchor. You can listen. You can listen on Apple Podcasts as well and Spotify. So check us out. And again, come join the conversation. So next segment after this next break, we're going to get into Purdue basketball. We're going to re recap what's happened and then preview what's ahead. And there's a lot to talk about. We'll be back here on Two Brothers and a Mic. We're back on Two Brothers and a Mic podcast here, ready to talk about some Purdue basketball. So, Nathan, Purdue came into the year a top 25 team, right? 23rd. 23rd, yeah. 23rd in the country. And what were some of your initial thoughts of the team going into this year? Well, I wasn't completely sold on the fact that we were a top 25 team. Um, we did bring back some good pieces, but, I mean, the, the pieces that we lost were pretty significant with Carson 
and uh, Ryan Klein. Just huge, huge scores just gone from the team. But I was positive um, with Aaron Wheeler uh, and Sasha and Matt, Trayvon. A lot, of, a lot of pieces bringing back, young pieces, but have good, obviously, from a, almost a Final Four run, some good experiences. Yeah, let's let's not relive that heartbreak of last year, um, the amazing team and run we've had. But you're right, it was it was a great team last year. But what a, I mean, if you're gonna lose a game, dude, like what an amazing. Like, that's probably the best game of the year. Yeah, well, I don't want to talk about it. So as far as this year goes, let's go ahead and do a quick recap, get everyone up to speed. I know a lot of you probably already know, but if you don't, let's go ahead and get a quick recap and bring us to where we're at today. Um, we kicked off the year. Um, in Mackey, home game against Green Bay, took care of business pretty easily. I think one of the things for me going into this year that I was really wondering is roles. Who is going to step up? Who is going to be the guy? We have the transfer and Proctor, Jahab Proctor coming in. Um, scored a lot of points, but we had never seen him before. And that's the big question coming in is with Carson leaving, we have a big gap big hole to fill when it comes to scoring who's going to be the guy when we need a bucket do we go to and the really the big thing for, I think for the first game is Jahat Proctor came in and he showed he could score the ball I know granted it was against a lower team but pretty one seventy nine to 57 and Jahat Proctor had 26 points 26 points not that game just brush off that that's that's a pretty impressive and that's a debut and that's yeah now I think that was the big thing from game one. Took care of business in Mackey, Jahab Proctor's debut. He dropped some points. So like, oh, that's promising. Then the schedule didn't get any easier because our non-conference schedule has been actually a, a beast. Home game against Texas was the next game. Yeah, but that was kind of the game where you wanted to figure out, is Proctor going to be a guy that can do this on a regular basis? Is he going to be the guy, the guy? to go to and I think he played a decent game but it wasn't I mean he didn't you know score no 26 points but the big news in the Texas game was the fact that it ended up being the first home loss in Mackey in a long time and I think that's what really hurt as Purdue fans dude Mackey is a magical place like we must protect this house this is our house and we had such a long streak undefeated last year and it's just kind of stunk losing at home but I'll tell you what, Nate, we've talked about this just by ourselves off the air, that these early games and these early experiences can only help and mold our team in the future. You have said that last year, Purdue was 6-5. 6-5, six and, five. Six and five, yeah. 6 and 5 going the first 11 games, and where did we end up? Overtime away. I thought you didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the writer. Um from the final four. So I guess what I'm saying is like, I, I love watching this, the team every week because you become close with the team. I feel like as a fan, because you see them grow from where they were in the beginning of the year. And I think that that's what's like this year's team. So Texas, that's a learning experience. We should not have lost that game. We were up in the second half and then we had just dumb turnovers. That was the thing. But Bad turnovers. Again, yeah. it brought that question. Who's going to be the guy who's going to be the guy to score. Who's guy you know, we can go to in these tough circumstances. So, again, these are things that I think Purdue can grow from, but that loss from Texas knocked us out of the top 25 at home. That was a that was a loss that kind of hurt. Then we went to Marquette, 
played another really tough team on the road. Those are first road tests. So all these things we're thinking, oh, here's the team. What are the rules going to be? Well, here's their first hard road test against Marquette, against one of the best players in college basketball. Yeah. the I mean, Marcus Howard is, is an absolute beast. We got the taste of our own medicine from a year ago. I mean, now we know what it's it was like to play against Carson Edwards. I mean, just ridiculous shots after ridiculous shots. And we played an amazing first half. Yeah, we scored. I, mean, I, I think at one point we were up by 20 points. Oh, yeah. The, at, at halftime, it was 38-25. We were up by 13 on the road. And at one point in the first half, like you said, we were almost over 20 points. Like, we were dominating that game. And then the inexperience. Turned over the ball. Just, I mean, couldn't score. Again, that question that we've already been talking about, who's the guy? And no one really uh, took the torch. Matt played a pretty good game, but, I mean, we I mean, we couldn't even feed him the ball toward the end of the game. Yeah. So, again, tough loss, uh, but, again, I think learning experiences from this team, and we just want to see growth as the year goes on. Next game, you and I attended Chicago State. Can I just say here, there is no place like Mackey Arena. I love it. Love that place. There's so much magic. There's just nothing like that place. And uh, Purdue came out and dominated, got back on the right track against Chicago State. The best part of that game, we were there, was the human victory cigar coming in the game and dominating. Making plays. It was, it was a beautiful thing. Lose. Love it. Love it. He dominated. But again, and that, that game, the big thing on that one, Nathan, was Isaiah Thompson. He scored 17 points on 6-for-11 shooting that game. And I was really happy with his three-point shooting because that was one of my concerns going into the year. Who's going to be our three-point shooters? Like, you know, we have Sasha and who else? Because Ryan Klein's gone, Carson Edwards is gone, Eifert's gone, and you had mentioned that they were really high percentage three-point shooters last year. Yeah, I mean, and to that point, we were not shooting the ball well at all from three. I mean, there's, I think it was low 30% up to that point, and then that game finally finally turned around um somebody was finally able to hit some shots so that I thought it was huge that isaiah thompson came out that game that was the game that he came out and kind of i feel like put his name on the stat sheet like okay watch out for this guy so that was big news after take care of business against jacksonville state uh we started playing some top 25 opponents and so vcu was one of the first top 25 teams that we had played and took care of business again in the emerald coast classic speaking of emerald coast classic I like these pre-conference tournaments, I guess you could describe it, because you play good teams, but they're all, you know, you're out somewhere in Hawaii or in this case it was in Florida. And I think in those games it's tough because it's not a true road or home game. Yes, you have fans that travel, but dude, you're like in like high school gym sometimes it feels like and it's just a completely different feeling. You're playing a game the next day and I just think it's tough. So getting a win against VCU in that environment, I thought was a big win. Again, our first top 25 victory to put on our resume. And against a team that really pushed us. Um, pressure. Pressure. I mean, we turned over, again, not a good game, hanging onto the ball. Uh, turned over the ball a lot. But grinded it out, found a way to win. And, I mean, that's an important thing. So after that game, getting that top 25 win, we played in the championship game against Florida State. At that point, we were 4-2. and two. Florida State's a very good team, and we went into overtime against Florida State and 
couldn't quite pull through. And we lost 63 to 60 in the final of the Emerald Coast Classic. So that kind of takes us up to December where we played in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. One of the great competitions that uh, the NCAA puts on every year between the ACC and the Big Ten, and we got to play none other. We're going back to it a lot, this podcast. Yeah, um, you didn't want to talk about it, but it just keeps coming, coming up. up. Virginia. Virginia was fifth in the country coming into Mackey Arena in the revenge game for what happened in the NCAA tournament last year in the Elite Eight. And I think the big thing in this game is Mackey. That was one of the first things they were talking about. People, this was the first game that the students camped out, and you knew it was going to be rocky. For sure. And like completely drastic change as far as like pace of play. I mean, Virginia wasn't pressuring the ball. I mean, honestly, out of all the teams to play in the ACC for us, Virginia might have been the best like matchup for us. And Just, Virginia's no scrub, a defensive team. They're one of the best defensive teams. Oh, yeah, a really good defensive team. And I think when watching that Virginia game, our defense took another level. Dude, Like that's one thing that's been extremely positive is our defense. And I think that game was a demonstration of the unity we've had on defense. Sasha came out ball in that game. He came out fire. And so that was huge, huge for us. Got Mackie rolling. And when we can hit threes – and we can start shooting the ball well. If we get, if we can get a perimeter shooting game, watch out because we have two of the best big men in the country, for sure. And that was it, Sasha was like just gigantic in that game. It Career high, twenty points. Twenty points, yeah. I think he was six for ten from three. I mean, that's just. I mean, it's hard to hard to come back from something like that. On top of the fact that Mackey's Mackey's going, going and you know, watching Matt Harms in an interview after that game was pretty fun because. He kept on mentioning Mackey and how it just He was still on the high for Mackey after that game. I mean, he was just – he was giddy. Love it. Love it. So that was a huge win. So we've had, as far as tournament resume builders, top 25 victory against VCU, and then a big home win against then, number five in the country, Virginia. And that took us to the most recent game, which just happened on Sunday, Big Ten opener against Northwestern Wildcats. Not the prettiest of games to watch, but – Again, you just grind it out, grind out the victory, and uh, as long as you get the W, I mean, what else really matters? The big thing in this game was the change of starting lineup. Coach Paint brought in Matt Harms and Travion Williams in the starting lineup at the same time. And they, I mean, they started in that the Virginia game that way. Um, so this was just a continuation of what happened in that game. And it was a huge success because Sasha started – Yep. as well, that Virginia game. Coach Painter made some changes for that Virginia game and really carried it over to this Northwestern game. And that was the big changes was Travion and Matt Harm starting and bringing Sasha to the starting lineup with Nojel Eastern and Wheeler going to the bench. And there's definitely some struggles that that starting five has, especially on the defensive end at the four with Travion. Because I just there were so many times in that game where the top of the key was just wide open for the stretch four. Like, it was just wide open. And there's going to be teams that are just going to exploit that. Like, Iowa's going to exploit that. IU is going to exploit that. So there's just, you know, we just got to get I think we just got to get better. We got to get better. But I think think that's going to happen. You're going to be more, you know, in tune as those games come. True, but... I mean, I'm just, I'm just speaking what I'm, I'm just, seeing. I know. You're your concerns. 
So that ended up with that win against Northwestern. That put us now our current record at six and three. We're one and zero in the Big Ten, which is a good start. What do you want to be? You want to be undefeated in the Big Ten as the season gets rolling here. So before we get into the last segment here, previewing the next game, we got a nice week off um, before the next game. We play Nebraska. Um, I want to ask you a question. As you've watched the Purdue de- Purdue team all year, Nate. What are your positives and concerns so far that you've seen this year for the Purdue basketball team? Well, the positive has to be how connected all five guys are on the defensive end. I mean, pretty much any five that we put out there is going to be connected, I think, aside from Travion at this point. Um, I mean, our defense is just relentless. Like, this is probably the best defense Purdue team I've I've seen. So that's definitely the positive. I think positive on the offensive end is Proctor. I think he's shown enough. I mean, he's leading our team in scoring right now. He's shown enough that I think he's kind of the guy to get us a point. I mean, it it happened a few times in that Northwestern game where we just needed somebody to do something, and he was able to make something happen. Now, as far as a negative, our three-point shooting – I'm still not convinced on and the play of no gel and Aaron Wheeler are concerning, especially Aaron Wheeler. Cause we were both thinking he was going to come in and take that next step as a sophomore. And I mean, to this point we haven't seen it on the offensive end, but you know, there's still time. Yeah. I totally um, agree with you that I think, in our minds, you see his you know, stature and his some of those assets he brings just by his his body and his length and his shooting capability. You know, in my mind, it's just like, dude, you could be. You've had announcers say you could be like you're like a mini poor man's KD, like you know. But I want to put you know we can put pressure. You know, he's got time to grow, but I just would like to see he needs to step it up. I think he needs to step it up more. He's got to do more on off the dribble. I mean, right now he's just a catch and shoot guy. That's that's it. And it's he's easy to defend at this point. Like just run up on him, pretty much. He's, I mean, he's not. He's hasn't shown ability to take anybody off the dribble at this point. Yeah, he's he's got to get that in his repertoire. I mean, he's got to. He's, he he could be such a <laughs> lethal scorer if he could. He, he's actually part of my negatives. So some of my negatives, maybe that's the wrong word, and some concerns so far this year for me when it comes to the Purdue basketball team. Just, just stating that Wheeler's um, development to Norgel's offensive game has been a concern. And I've talked to you about this. I think there's something more serious going on. I think he's injured. I think his wrist, there was a couple games earlier in the season where he didn't even look like his wrist got hardly touched, and he was in some serious pain. And it was his left wrist. He's a left-handed player. And I really believe... And you see, we see these videos in the offseason just stroking threes. And we're like, dude, Norshell is going to get a jump shot and he's going to be unstoppable because he's already a, a beast, a defender, and he can get and score in the post. He scored in the post last year. We have seen none of that this year. He has obviously lack of confidence in his offensive game right now. He's not even looking to score. But I just personally believe that he's injured or something's wrong. I think something's, something's wrong. They're not telling us because it's just he doesn't look like the same Norshell offensively. I mean, he was shooting. Free throws with his right hand. I yeah. mean, 
it was really odd. Yeah, I mean, he that last game in the Northwestern game, he shot most of his shots were right-handed. I mean, that's you know, it's a problem. Uh, you might be right about that, but it could be also just a confidence thing. I don't know. But he's a beast of a defender still, and he still goes all in. So we, I mean, he's huge for our team, but he's also kind of lost his starting spot, <laughs> at least in the last two games. And then the other um, concern was three-point shooting. I came into the season looking at this team, and that was one of my big things. And I think you got to be able to shoot the three in the in this in the league. Again, we're trying to find players who can do that because Wheeler is not consistent right now. Sasha is our best one, but if people are going to go after him shooting, who's going to be that other guy? Isaiah Thompson has shown he can hit the three. And when he gets confident, he's, he's not afraid. I love that about Isaiah Thompson. He is not afraid of the moment. And then teams are also running him off the three-point line. I mean, they're doing the same. They're defending him the same way they would have defended Wheeler. And we got to get the ball in the post because we have just absolute monsters in the post. I love it. Oh, feed the post. Absolutely. So those are my uh, three major concerns so far looking at the team. Three-point shooting, Eastern's offensive game, and Wheeler's development. As far as positives, there's a lot of positives, okay? Uh, one, you kind of already mentioned the defense. The deep, we're one of the best defensive teams in the whole NCAA, I think. I mean, like you said, watching just the – it's beautiful. It's like art watching Purdue basketball sometimes because they're so, like you said, united and um, connected. That's the word you was connected. And Matt Harm said, said the same thing. Another positive, Hunter's progression. Eric Hunter has looked so much better offensively. And, again, he's playing more. I understand that compared to last year. His role's different. But – I'm okay with Hunter in the mid-range. He's been hitting some threes. Eric Hunter's progression from last year, he's just looked a lot better, and that's a huge plus. I think another positive is just we've seen growth from the tough losses that we've had this year. We've had tough losses against Texas, tough losses against Marquette, and Florida State losing in overtime. And I think we're learning. That was the point we mentioned earlier, just learning from our past mistakes, learning from the adversity that we we have faced and let grow us and make us it can turn into a special season just like last year's team perfect example i think another uh, positive is that we are young we have one senior who plays a lot and that's job proctor and evan Pedro. as far as a lot of guys who play a lot of seniors those are two we're young and that's that's just a great thing because we have some really good players and then last thing as far as positive is just depth we have lots of depth at our team. Travion can start anywhere. Hamish can start anywhere. We've been playing them at the same time, but they also are each other's backups and I you know, they can both be on the floor in the game winning situation. Like they're such solid players. We got depth. We have Norgel coming out with the best defenders in the league lately coming off the bench. Wheeler, if he stays on the bench, he's coming off. Or if Sasha starts back on the bench, we have a great shooter come off the bench and we're young. So I think we have some depth, Isaiah Thompson. And I think that's all on the positive side. And I can't believe we didn't mention this as part of our negatives. I just thought about it. Is our free throw shooting. I mean... I feel like it's been a little bit better lately, but those losses, they were horrible. It's Marquette. I mean, you can almost blame the Marquette yeah. loss for it. Yeah. And, and the Texas loss. Both of them on just poor free throw shooting. If you're going to beat the really good teams, you're going to have to make your free throws. And that's what, I mean, Trayvon, if he wants to stay out there on the floor at late game, I mean, dude, he's he's got to hit his free throws. 
just I can't believe we didn't mention that. <laughs> Got to get better at free throws. Free throws will win and lose your games. That's for sure. So before we go ahead and end this uh, episode, this first episode of the Two Brothers and a Mic podcast, let's go ahead and look real quick to the one game that we have this week, and that's the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So another Big Ten matchup. So, Nate, what are your thoughts going on the road to Pinnacle Bank Arena to face Nebraska, who was four and five? I think we kind of got lucky with the start of our Big Ten slate because I think we're playing probably the two weakest teams right off the bat. Um, Nebraska is never an easy place to go play, but their team this year just does not look, they really don't look too great. Honestly, there's like three players on that team that I even recognize the name from last season. Their leading scorer um, was a, is a transfer, kind of like similar to us, I guess, in that way. But other than him, I mean, there's not really too many guys I'm really too worried about. So I think I think this is a pretty, I don't want to say easy game, because there's no easy games in the Big Ten. But this is a very, we had a winnable game. This is a winnable game for Purdue. And for the Nebraska basketball team, their last five results, they are, they're two and three. So they're a little bit more, you know, on the struggling side, at least in the last uh, few results. But and I'm currently on a two-game losing streak, so they're going to be looking to get off the schneid and get back, get back to 500. So Purdue, Nebraska, four o'clock on Sunday, trying to go to seven and three, two and zero oh the Big Ten, and we'll get this rolling to finish out the month of December. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode of Two Brothers in a Mic podcast don't forget check us out on twitter at two brothers and one facebook search two brothers and a mic thank you so much for listening have a great rest of your week grace and peace